Good morning. Hello. Welcome to the Anthem Daily Podcast. Bert Alcorn here. Today is Wednesday, June 3rd. We are in the middle of uh, a little series on the podcast trying to wrap our head around a biblical rhythm of lament. Obviously, meeting the tragic, confusing, chaotic, gut-wrenching season we are in as a culture and how do we as the church and how do we as Christians um, not only respond, but engage? How do we process through these these moments? Biblical laments are, are a witness to God's desire for honesty in worship and prayer. And, and it's all centered around this idea that no experience in life is too difficult to be brought before God, even the really hard stuff. And a lament, a biblical lament is an implicit act of faith in which we, the community of faith, turn to God as our only source of hope and comfort, not um, social media, not fundraising, not protesting, whatever. Those are all good and those are fine, but God is the only source of hope and comfort for those who are in him. Now, throughout the Bible, there's a bit of a pattern or rhythm to lament. It's not a, it's not a formula, but there's some commonalities there that we're, we're drawing out together on this journey. And uh, what we're doing is we're kind of understanding, laying out kind of what are some of the four commonalities of uh, a rhythm to biblical lament when, when those when deep faith confronts deep suffering, when those who are suffering have other people to suffer with them, um, and when we turn to God in our, our suffering and in solidarity with those around us who are suffering. So we've been looking at Psalm 42 and 43 is a bit of a case study here to understand um, how the Bible sees crises in life and suffering in life and what to do about them. And the first thing that we saw was that laments are addressed to God. So before you run to social media to post your woke thing, before you go protest, before you get outraged, before you do whatever, as Jesus followers, you go to God first. You go to God first. But that's not the only thing we do. When we go to God, biblical laments, and here's the second thing, always involve an, an affliction or a complaint or suffering either for ourselves or uh, in solidarity with the community around us. So when we lament, it's because something has gone wrong in, in our life, in our culture, in our community. Something has disrupted our sense of justice or rightness. And this is the most probably, I'll say this piece, this rhythm of biblical lament, that, that it involves an affliction or complaint is, is probably the most obvious and uh, we're probably going, yeah, of course, we wouldn't be lamenting if there was a complaint or affliction or suffering or whatever. Like there's always, that's the most obvious part. It's the thing that's wrong, right? Even, even look to Psalm 42 and 43, our case study here. Look at how the psalmist talks. My tears, uh, in verse 3 of chapter 42, my tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Skipping down to verse 9 and 10. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with deadly, as with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? And in chapter 43, verses 1 and 2, vindicate me, O God, defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceiver and the unjust man, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? 
Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? And you're like, man, if that's, if that's going on in his life, of course he's lamenting. But even though this is the most obvious part of a biblical rhythm to lament, it's also usually the hardest. I, I don't know if it's because, you know, I, I just speak from my own experience. Usually, I'm not the most emotionally in touch guy. And so uh, pinpointing the, the actual hard stuff and, and verbalizing them is actually usually really difficult. It's a bit of a discipline. Even though we feel them really poignantly and sharply. I, I read a poem recently um, that talked about the sharpness of pain in contrast to the bluntness of joy. There's a sense in which like pain is defined, suffering is defined, it's sharp, it's poignant, it's, it's razor edged in comparison to where joy is, is a little bit more blunted. And I think it's actually easy for us to identify what's wrong, but it's usually hard to verbalize it, to, to say it out loud. Because facing our own sinfulness is hard. Facing the broken world around us is hard. Seeing our part in the brokenness of the world around us is extra hard. And this is the hard thing from this week. The part that many people don't say out loud, they, they assume they're vague, they beat around the bush, or they kind of lament the culture in general. The hard thing this week was on May 25th, 2020, George Floyd, an African-American man, died at the hands of law enforcement officials just south of downtown Minneapolis in Minnesota. Floyd was handcuffed and lying face down on a city street, while Derek Chauvin, a white Minneapolis police officer kept his knee on the right side of Floyd's neck for almost nine minutes with close to three minutes of that time taking place after Floyd became unresponsive. This was not the first time and it will not be the last time. But here's the thing. Many of us can't say that out loud. That's the hard thing we know in our hearts that we know in our minds, that we read in articles or on social media, we have to say the hard thing out loud. Biblical lament always involves bringing a complaint, an affliction, a suffering to God. The reality is our only hope comes through gospel-centered repentance, corporately addressing our dark history and its ongoing implications while genuinely turning to Christ with compassionate and consistent action. Like individually, we must repent of our own wickedness, of sin that we have committed either explicitly, have been complicit in, or committed simply in our silence, ignorance, or tone deafness. But before we can do any of that, we have to say the hard thing out loud. We have to realize that injustice, the wrong that has occurred before we can ever even identify our own part in it, let alone actually taking action to be part of God's healing plan. We can't sit idly by and think someone else has articulated it, so I don't have to. True reconciliation, one of, one of the beauties of being in community, can't be achieved without confrontation and responsive action which is part of the great responsibility of being in society together or community together. 
So we as a community, we take our complaint, our affliction to God. We say the hard thing out loud. We're not vague. We don't beat around the bush. Because guys, God can take it. Even if we can't, even if it breaks us to express it, God can take it. And so we pray against systematic racism that is alive and well in modern society. We pray against oppression. We pray against violence of any kind. We pray for change. Part of the biblical rhythm of lament is not only to address the lament to God, but to actually say the hard thing out loud. God can take it. We have to say it so that we can begin the restorative, repentant reconciliation process. Now, a couple of next steps or things to think about, things to process, um, especially if your tendency is to justify, defend, excuse, pretend it's not here. I I understand. I live in Ventura and Ventura County feels a little bit of like a a bubble, especially in Ventura feels like nothing, nothing bad can happen in Ventura because it's a beautiful little beach town. And so even if the temptation is to pretend it's not here, it's somewhere else, try to listen, sit with and listen to someone else's experience. Just because it hasn't happened to you doesn't mean it isn't happening. And chances are you have people in your life who've been racially discriminated, who've, who've been the victim of systematic racism and oppression. Um, and, and if you haven't, there's some great resources, but even like we all have those people in, in our life. Sit with them, ask for their experience. As you take these laments to God in prayer, say the names of the people who've been killed by police brutality. Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, say the names out loud. Just because it hasn't happened to you doesn't mean it's not happening. We need to remember to humanize this moment. And and whether or not you have people in your life who have experienced this in their life, I think there's a call to Christians to be um, exposed and educated here. I think a lot of us have been painfully naive um, to to this moment and to what has been happening for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. So a couple of book recommendations. I mean, I'm sure you could just scroll through social media and see tons of articles, tons of YouTube videos, podcasts, whatever. Those are all, those are all good and hunt down whatever. If you have people of color in your life and they're recommending something to you, you should go, you should go read it. But uh, I want to give you a couple of book recommendations, audio, Kindle, um, pick up a hard copy, whatever. Um, and a few of them are from a Christian perspective, a few of them aren't. Um, so do, do, your, do your research and, and figure out what you need to hear and read from. But uh, Eric Mason's Woke Church is a great start. Um, Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow. Uh, Tennessee Coates, Between the World and Me, Robin D'Angelo's White Fragility, and uh, there's an edition of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s Letters from a Birmingham Jail that has some um, uh, comments and editorials from, from other pastors. That's a really helpful read as well. Um, so particularly if your tendency is to justify, dis- defend, excuse, pretend it's not here, um, 
that's where I, that's where I would go sit with someone, um, who has had to experience this in their life, hear their experience. Don't jump in and try to compare. Don't, don't jump in and try to justify. Just listen, say the names of people who've been killed by police brutality, educate and expose yourself with some of those book recommendations. Um, and, and maybe to the other side of the spectrum, if that's not your tendency, if, if you would consider yourself fairly woke, um, then might I challenge you with this idea that don't just say the hard thing on social media, but say it to God. I touched on this a little bit yesterday. Like if you are jumping to social media and you have not gone to God in prayer and fasting, then stay off social media. I don't want to read your junk on there. If you have not gone to God in prayer, worship and fasting first. And I would say the same thing. Like I know everyone's throwing their hand up to be the first person to throw a black tile out there or to post something intriguing or thought provoking or enlightened on, on social media. And that's all fine. And that's all good. But I will ask you again, have you gone to God first? Have you, have you taken the names of the people that have made recent headlines to God first? Have you taken your cries for injustice, for oppression, for the marginalized to God first? If you have, well done. Like do your part, listen to the Holy Spirit on how he might have you engage. If you haven't, listen to me, quit posting on social media. Stop it. Pastor Bird's coming out. Quit posting on social media until you've gone to God in prayer and fasting for this. Wherever you are at, we have to be able to take the hard thing to God. And for some, that might mean putting a muzzle on yourself until you're able to like discipline yourself to go to God. And for others, it may be you have to get out of your bubble and actually hear from other experience and, and sit with the systematic oppression that is still alive and well in our time and our place. Wherever you are at, I'm praying for loads and heaps of wisdom for you as we engage this with humility, as we engage this with love and compassion and seek God's healing and renewal for our time and our place. That's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of the Anthem Daily Podcast. Love you guys. Have an amazing day. Uh, I pray that some of these questions and conversations are fruitful in your apprenticeship to Jesus. And I pray that he is opening your eyes to the brokenness of this world and the need for his reconciling and redeeming love to permeate every part of our culture and our community. Have a great day.